From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today we're talking about the Upstate New York Poison Center, which you may be surprised to learn has a service area of 54 counties, pretty much all of New York State outside of New York City. The Poison Center is located on the campus of Upstate Medical University in Onondaga County in Syracuse. And here in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk with me today is Lee Livermore. He's the Public Education Coordinator for the Poison Center. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Lee. Thank you for having me. Now, from what I understand, the Upstate New York Poison Center handles more than 50,000 cases per year from healthcare providers, 911 operators, schools, the general public. Is that right? Yeah, that, that is correct. And it will fluctuate a little bit. Uh, and those are calls coming into our poison center. Um, the number is much higher when we look at the total accumulative, where we call back to parents uh, if we recommend the child to or the person who's exposed to be at home. We also follow up on cases that are in a healthcare institution. So that, I mean, that's you're busy. That's that's more than that's probably 150 cases a day, roughly. Yes. So and how many? How big is your staff? Um, our staff. We have 16 C spies um, on uh, staff, and what I mean by that is like everything in the medical world is acronyms. So a C spy stands for a certified specialist in poison information. And it's a very unique niche in the medical world that um, someone usually will uh, come to the poison center and they'll have uh, a degree as an RN in nursing and have some sort of emergency management experience, ICU, ambulatory, uh, emergency room. And we also have pharmacists, uh, which make up a, a good piece of understanding medications and the toxicology end of it. So then they go through a really rigorous process of about four months of just studying about our systems, and then they get paired up with an experienced specialist. And each specialist is required to take 2,000 human exposure calls. And at the end of that completion, they're eligible to sit for a certification exam that they get the pleasure of repeating about every five to seven years. Wow. Okay. So mostly the people in the Poison Center are nurses, pharmacists, physicians? Yes, that is correct. Uh, when I say the C-SPIES that answers the phones, um, on the backup end of it, we have a staff of toxicologists and a managing medical director, our administrative director. Uh, so we're prepared at every level to handle a case. So if you look at the specialist answering the phone, that's the front line. And then when cases need the higher level of uh, knowledge and experience, then it gets elevated up to a toxicologist. So what's the busiest time of year for the Poison Center? You know, I wish I had one. That's a, that's a question that I get often. It fluctuates um, every year, and it depends on what's happening in current trends. Uh, a number of years ago, there was a peanut butter scare so uh, where there was tainted peanut butter on the shelves, or we might have a virus or some, something that'll hit the news waves, and then we tend to see an increase in calls. Um, but there's really no one time of the day or one time of the year that we really see um, a, a noticeable spike. Because it's obviously 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're, you get 
calls in the middle of the night for poisonings too, right? Absolutely. Um, in some of those cases, we tend to see maybe more cases that are coming from an emergency room department, um, or we still get cases, calls from home. Now, how many of the calls you receive have to do with kids under the age of five? Um, approximately under uh, 50% of the calls, and this is something that has changed over the years. So we do know that when you say the word poison or poison control, uh, the vast majority of people think, oh, this is a child that got into a cleaning product or medication or something like that. Um, but in recent years, we've seen a higher level of acuity calls, uh, especially calls involving substances of abuse and misuse. And so more cases are showing up in the emergency room. And a lot of those are involving poly drug use. So we're tending to see the trend in the line that less calls from the home or general public and more increase in calls from healthcare facilities. And poly drug use means taking... Oh, somebody has taken more than one substance. So they may have mixed alcohol with some sort of medication or added some sort of legal or illegal substance with it. And then that tends to lead to a lot of complications. Well, I know you've analyzed some of the activities for the year of 2019. Let's talk about the top poisonings you saw in, in children um, um, last year. What will be surprising about this answer is cosmetics. And cosmetics like eyeshadow and lipstick? Cosmetics like um, beauty products, bath and uh, beauty products, huh. uh, hair detangler, shampoos. Uh, let me paint a picture for you that if there's a young child in the household and um, typically in the uh, in and around the bathtub there's going to be a basket with all these great smelling bubble bath hair detangler those sort of items and those products are not regulated to have child resistant packaging so it may smell good and they might think it tastes good so the exposure is at that level and then we don't normally think of perfumes and cologne and other beauty products, uh, hairsprays and colognes, that those sort of things are readily available. And so we tend to see a lot of exposures in that way. I didn't realize they were poison. Well, a poison, by definition, is anything that's harmful to the human body. So if it has an adverse reaction, and it's happened to all of us, that I'm sure all of our listeners have been poisoned at least once in their lifetime. The good news is they're still here with us. But if you get something in your eyes, splashed or sprayed on your skin, if you've breathed something in, or if you've ingested something, either a liquid or a solid, um, and you've had an adverse reaction, action from that. So it could be something like uh, food poisoning, or if you're working with um, some toxic chemicals, paint stains and things of that nature, and you breathe it in and it makes you a little lightheaded, then you're having an adverse reaction to it. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm, a, I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Lee Livermore, the Public Education Coordinator for the Upstate New York Poison Center. So cosmetics, what are the other issues um, for children? that you've seen the past year? Sure. It's uh, household products 
and um, that could literally be anything, cleaning products, any items that we happen to be using. Uh, we did have a couple of years ago the big spike with uh, a spike in calls with uh, pods, laundry detergents, and it's the I concentrated that. stuff that you would put in the dishwasher or use in the laundry. Um, and when the product first came out, there wasn't any child-resistant packaging or any safety features. So uh, it's squishy, brightly colored, smell good. Kids could get into it, and they would either bite down or squeeze it in their hand, and it would get sprayed in their eyes, or if they chewed it, it'd go down in their throat. And we're always concerned about aspiration, so something going down the wrong tube and getting in the lungs. And then I'm sure medications, kids getting into medications that they shouldn't be getting into and things of that nature, right? The number one reason an unintentional poisoning happens is because of the look-alike factor. And this is for people of all ages. So something looks like something else. And medicine looks like candy when you take it out of its original container. And that's one of the reasons and ways that a poisoning will happen is that a product is being used, it's taken out of its original container, and then it's left available for someone to get exposed to. So if you happen to be pouring some liquids and uh, you're using a measuring cup or a regular tumbler at home, you could pour a cleaning product in there and it may look like either clear liquid or juice or Kool-Aid or something in that sense. And it's very easy to get distracted. And then somebody comes around behind you and thinks that it's something good to consume. Well, let's talk about what is the best way for people to reach the poison center? Well, we want them to program the number for the poison center into their cell phones. And that number is one 800-222-1222. And it's available 24 hours a day, every day of the year. The amazing thing about this that the vast majority of the general public doesn't realize is that you can call that number. Your call will always be answered by an expert in toxicology and poisoning, as well as it doesn't have to be an emergency. If you just had a question, maybe you brought home some new medication, uh, maybe you're worried about a medicine interaction, you can call the Poison Center just about information as well, because our experts have the ability to look up any product that's manufactured in the United States, and we can tell you exactly how to use that product safely and what the potential toxicity might be. So does that number work anywhere in the nation? Yes, the 1-800 number is a national number. So no matter where you are in the United States or our U.S. territories, you dial that number and your call gets routed to the closest poison center from where the call originated. So I could program that number into my phone and go on vacation out west, and if something happened... I, I might get you or I might get the poison center near me. Where exactly. I'm okay. Is there any charge or do you bill my insurance company? Or? No, we're, uh, we're really, really blessed that uh, Poison Center is funded through federal, state, and at Upstate Medical University is our host institution, as to which we are very proud to be supported by them. But there's no call or there's no charge for the call or the services. I say that we're a non-revenue generating entity, but the savings on the backside to our healthcare world is just amazing. 
Well, walk me through what happens when someone calls the Poison Center. What questions should they be prepared to answer? If there was an exposure, we would like for them to hopefully have the product with them. and That way they could read the name of the product and would be able to look it up. One of the first things our specialists do is they'll make the person feel calm. And then they'll ask them the history that they need in order to make a proper assessment. So they'll ask the age, the weight, the gender, what the product was, if they know how much of the product was ingested. And then we can run calculations. So if it might be some pills, you know, very often we've had a scenario where uh, a parent will walk into a room uh, like the bathroom or the bedroom and a child is playing with a pill bottle and it's open and there's pills on the floor. Now, we don't know how many may have or may not have been ingested. So when we get that history, we're able to make a solid assessment. And if there's any question whatsoever, we'll recommend that they go to uh, an emergency room. I was going to say, so you can help a person determine whether they need to go to the emergency room, perhaps, or, or not. That is true. And as a frontline uh, defense, if you will, very often, more than 80% of those cases from home can be managed right at home, that uh, someone just got a little taste of something, or they may have taken a double dose. And so they're able just to stay home, and the specialist will offer them the treatment that they need. And then if there's some additional concerns, we do a follow-up call back to the home, as well as back to healthcare facilities, just to make sure that the person who was exposed is doing better. Now, in addition to the calls you receive, I know you have staff who do public education. So how does that work? Are you responding to requests from schools or are you contacting schools to to try to get particular information out? I I think it works both ways. Um, It's an amazing thing with public education. If if I do my job really well, then people are going to have the number for the poison center, but they're going to know how to prevent a poisoning. If I do my job really well, we're going to see an increase in calls because people will feel comfortable with the word poison and know that there's an expert there for them. So uh, with one of the crises that uh, we're experiencing is the vaping crisis. And I started doing some programs in middle and high schools around that. And then the school superintendents started sharing my contact information. And then I was receiving calls from a number of different school districts asking me to come in and share this information with their students. So it works both ways. So vaping's been a popular topic recently. Are there other topics that you kind of focus on in the schools? Um, Cannabis is is a very interesting topic, and it's one that I think as a nation we're struggling with, that as more and more states legalize it for medicinal and recreational use, um, we're going to see all the ripple effects. Uh, You could put it in the same perspective as alcohol. Alcohol is legal, but it has age limits, and it is a toxin. Um, Vaping products have nicotine, which is a toxin, and it's also an addictive element. So even though tobacco products are legal, uh, there's a lot of in question about these vaping products. And then, of course, with the uh, CDC labeled it Evali, which was e-cigarette vaping-associated lung injury. And in August of 2019, we saw this incredible spike in 
people showing up in the emergency with severe pulmonary injuries. Um, it seems to have died down, but it just shows you how easily something could appear to be legal, and then all of a sudden there could be a lot of danger behind it. Well, thank you to Lee Livermore, the Public Education Coordinator for the Upstate New York Poison Center. Their number, once again, 1-800-222-1222. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.